This is The Big Show with Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from the plaza out front of Vivint Arena, getting ready for Frozen Fury, the L.A. Kings taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights going down at this building at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, certainly a lot of fun, but let's talk some BYU football. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Uh, joining us as he does weekly is Jordan Pendleton, the former Cougar, with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? Oh, we're doing all right today. Uh, certainly excited to talk a little in-state rivalry. Give us, uh, when you were playing, or maybe it's changed now that you're not playing anymore, but give us your take on the, the relationship, the rivalry with Utah State. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a, I, think it's, um, I think it's a big rivalry. You know, it, it's, you know, everybody in the state of Utah, obviously, and, and if you're not in Utah, you're familiar with the Holy War, uh, the Utes and the Cougars, and that's obviously the biggest rivalry in the state, but... Um, you know, I feel like because that rivalry is so big and so heated, sometimes, you know, what's overlooked is is the other in-state team that we have, and that's Utah State. And, you know, from my experience playing against Utah State um, for, for many years, it was that, that game's always a battle, you know. Um, th- those guys want to beat Utah and BYU um, by all means necessary. And so, it's you know, it's, it's, it's definitely – um, you know, I would say that game is more overlooked than any other, you know, rivalry game. And to Utah State, if they can beat, beat a BYU or beat Utah, um, that's a huge, you know, that's a huge, huge win for them. I know they get labeled as, the, you know, kind of the little brother in comparison to the other two schools. But Utah State is, you know, I think they have a good program. Um, and they, you know, they, they show up really well against us. And, and, you know, I feel like BYU has always been on the, the positive side of of that rivalry for the most part but utah state is going to bring their their best game and and then also too it's at utah state and i will will say this logan has some of the best fans um that i've ever played against you know their stadium is not huge but you would never know with how loud and how crazy their fans are and um you know that, that it's always a fun game and it's gonna be a physical one it's interesting what some of the players uh, are, are saying, Jordan. Um, Neil Pau kind of played it down as if Utah State is just another game. Gabe Summers uh, did the same thing. And uh, on Utah State side of things, like Nick Henninger, uh, who has played uh, in multiple rivalries here locally, he talked about what a big deal it was. And then Derek Wright uh, talked about what a big deal it was from the Utah State side of things. What do you think? I guess I'll ask you about BYU. What do you think about the players playing it down? I doubt they actually feel that way. But what do you think about putting that out into the public? Like, ah, pff, the, no, it's just another game. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting. And, you know, I feel like sometimes they – even some of these players do that with the, um, you know, the BYU Utah game. And, and quite frankly, it's not true. Um, it's not just, it's not just another game. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you're playing Utah or Utah state or even Weber state or SUU. I don't really care who you're playing. Uh, it's always special when you have a, you know, an in-state opponent. And 
uh, I will say this, um, you know, the, the Cougs were able to finally get a win against the Utes this year, and, I'll, I'll, you know, heaven forbid they go on to lose lose the Utah State, that Utah win does not mean as, mean as much as it did if we go and drop one to Utah State. And so, you know, I the, the last thing we want to do is go into this, um, you know, go into this game where, where Utah State players are um, treating this as a, as a Super Bowl and we're treating it like another game. I, I don't think it is another game. You know, Utah State will throw out all the stops and do whatever whatever they can to to beat BYU and, and, and beat Utah. And, and you know, and they're a good team this year. They've been putting up a lot of points, and they, they've been super explosive on offense. And so I don't think it's, it's going to be an opponent that we're going to be able to walk over. I think, you know, they're very well coached, and they always get really good athletes. Um, we've seen that over the years with guys like Bobby Wagner and, some you know, a lot of these um, guys that they've put into the NFL that have, that have you know, done exceptionally well. And so, um, you know, I – I get that they're just saying that, but deep down, going into the going into the game, you know, uh, losing to Utah State is is almost just as bad, if not worse, than than losing to Utah, in my opinion. Well, the, I want to get further in in depth on your opinion on the Aggies for a second, because I'll I'll be the first to admit I I certainly under, underestimated Utah State thus far this season. I mean, things were so bad in Logan last year. I mean, the way you know Gary Anderson left to the the protest at the end of the year to the mass exodus after the year was over, and I know the I guess new coach Anderson comes in and and he lands a bunch of transfers. He he brings some players with him, including a quarterback from a previous program that he has experience with. With. And uh, you know, at least from my uh, Jordan, this is a this is a team that plays extraordinarily hard. So tell me what you're seeing from this Utah State team, and maybe why they're they're a little better than we predicted. You know, I, I got to admit, I thought the same thing. I thought after the coaching changes and everything that was going down, I, I wasn't sure what kind of season they were going to have. Um, and so far, like I mentioned, they they've looked really explosive on offense, and they've been you know aside from that game that they had against Boise State where they, you know, they struggled really bad against Boise State. But if you look at what they're doing offensively, you know, any team that can pass for over 300 yards per game on average and, and rush for over 200 yards per game on average, that's, a, that's, you know, it's very difficult to beat a team if you're allowing, you know, over 500 yards a game. And right now they're averaging over 500 yards a game. And so, um, you know, I, I think their offense is, has looked really good. They've been able to um, run the ball and pass the ball, which is dangerous for any defensive, you know, any defense to go up against. And um, and like I said, you know, they always get really good athletes. Um, and, and that's one thing about Utah State is, um, you know, I, I feel like going into some of the games, at least that I played against them, I, I felt like we were the better team. But um, athletically and, and some of the certain, certain players that um, they have that, you know, that I personally was matched up with over the years um, were some of the best, some of the best athletes I had ever played against. And so, um, you know, I, I feel like going into this game is, is going to be a huge, you know, who is, who is going to, um, you know, who's going to come up big on defense. You know, they're, they're averaging over 30 points a game. We're around 28 points a game. However, their defense is allowing a lot more points per game than our defense is. And I, I just feel like, you know, whoever wins this game is going to have to get it done on the defensive end and is going to have to get, you know, the, the opponent off the field. 
Give me your take on the second half of the South Florida game because you can kind of look at it two ways, right? One, uh, you know, one would be no big deal, let up after getting a big lead, and South Florida, give credit to them, they kept playing hard. Or do you think it was something more significant than that, that uh, that uh, the poor play was some sort of flaw or South Florida figured something out or, or there's something to be concerned about going forward? What do you think? Yeah, it's it's a tough one. You know, when you're when you're in those situations in the game, you know, I feel like, you know, towards the end of the game when you got a big lead, um, you, you start you start running different coverages, and, and you're 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 more, um, I don't want to say laxed or laid back, but you're not being as aggressive on defense as you normally would. I, I feel like, you know, when you when you have a big lead, you're more so um, playing a little bit safer. Um, you're playing a little bit more conservative, especially on defense and just trying to keep the ball in front of you and not giving up any big plays. And, you know, like I mentioned last week, uh, South Florida is always one of those teams that scares you because they have they have explosive athletes and they have good athletes that can make plays um, on, on any given play. And, um, you know, I what I took out of it is, um, you know, obviously the second half was frustrating. Uh, I feel like we should have beat those guys a, a lot worse than we did. However, some of those games that you win are – are super important and it doesn't matter if it's ugly it doesn't matter if it's by one point or 50 points um you know certain teams are going to make their run against us and we're and we're not going to be in control of every single game and and have a a big lead at every single you know every single point in the game and so i thought for byu to um kind of handle some of that adversity and 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 realize that hey you know what like if if we don't put together a, a you know four quarters of good football then we're going to get beat. So I think it was a, a good thing and it was an eye-opener. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, they, they still came away with the win and they still did a lot of good things. And um, and so I think it's something that they can learn from and they can grow from and, and get better from. And when they're in that situation again, um, you know, hopefully they, they have a better strategy to not let it, you know, become as close to the game as it, as it became. And so I, I'm, I, I look at it like a, as a learning standpoint, but at the same time, um, sometimes wins are going to be ugly, and that, that was one of those ugly wins. But you, you go back and and figure out, you know, what what we can do better when we're in this situation again. But I think them just grinding that win out and getting it at, at home was um, it, it was a positive thing and something they can learn from moving forward. How'd you think Baylor Romney played? <clears throat> well, I thought he played phenomenal, and and I think Baylor's played phenomenal anytime he's gotten the chance to play. You know, I. Um, I think it was a couple years ago when Zach got hurt and then Jaron got hurt and he came in and was starting for a little bit. I thought he played really well then. Um, I thought him coming in at the end of the game uh, against Arizona State, throwing that, that touchdown and how aggressive they were with him at the end of that game when he, you know, he was sitting on the bench all, all game. And then um, coming in as a starter in this game, he was, you know, he was about as efficient as they come. He over 300 yards and threw some touchdowns. And, you know, his completion percentage was – was really really well i just i thought he looked poised um i thought he looked like he was in control and um and and did some really good things and so you know that's a that's gonna be a tough to say i don't want to like create any controversy but i thought baylor looked really really good and and that's gonna be a tough decision moving forward with how good jaron hall has been playing as well as like um you know there could be a, a quarterback battle uh coming up with how well he played so zach wilson obviously was terrific 
you know, developed at BYU, uh, incredible player. Uh, last year's offense was was extraordinarily fun to watch. Now Jaron Hall and, and Romney, as we talk about, look like two capable guys, and, and BYU's offense looks good this year despite, you know, losing some talent from it last year. You know, the number two pick and probably the best offensive tackle in the draft, arguably, of course. Uh, but, you know, some, some pretty big pieces. So I guess my question to you is what do you think of Aaron Roderick as a, as a coach? Because, as you know, at Utah – he was a little bit controversial. He was in that that uh, that carousel of offensive coordinators, and you know didn't necessarily have a dynamic quarterback while he was there. But the offense is always so conservative at Utah that maybe we didn't see exactly what he's capable of. Give me your give me your take on Coach A Rod. Yeah, I, I think you know I think I think A Rod's done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of makes you wonder um, how did he have had you know, the quarterbacks that, that we have at BYU could, could the offense at, U, at Utah have been different? And, and honestly, that's my takeaway from, and I think, um, you know, I think BYU, um, you know, over the past really long while, aside from a couple of years, we've always had some, some really good quarterbacks. I mean, BYU is really known as a quarterback school. If you look back at the history, like from the early, you know, even late seventies into the early eighties and, and beyond, like, we've had really good quarterbacks over the years and, you know, especially recently we've got three, you know, when Zach was there with, with Baylor and Jaron, we, we had three guys that I feel like could start on, you know, a lot of other division one programs teams. And, and so, you know, I, I think he's in a situation where he's able to let loose. He's able to kind of, um, you know, do his own thing. And, and, um, and he's got the quarterbacks, that are are capable of being able to handle it and and I, I think he's just been able to break out of his shell and really um you know be aggressive and call the plays that he wants to play and I don't I, and 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 I'm not saying this as like I know this for sure or even have any insight on it but uh you know maybe at, at Utah his hands were tied a little bit and he wasn't able to be as creative and um run the type of plays that he wanted to run so it just whatever he's doing at BYU has been working <laughs> extremely well um, but he he also has some really good players that are surrounded, you know, that he's surrounded by that um, he's able to go out and make it happen. And and also too, our you know we, we've got a lot of talented receivers uh, across the board. I think this is some of the best uh, receiving depth that we've had in in, in a while. And so um, and then and then you mix that with some good running backs and and good offensive linemen. I just feel like you know the overall personnel that he has to be able to work with good tight ends, good running backs, good good offensive line tons of weapons on the perimeter and then he's got two really good quarterbacks right now it, it allows him to be able to uh open up his playbook and 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 he's been he's been you know super successful the last couple of years all right jordan so what are we expecting to see friday night in logan what, what type of game uh, are you expecting and uh what do you expect the outcome to be yeah, you know, I, I I expect a you know, I expect a high scoring game um and I, I feel like you know, whoever can win the turnover battle in this game um, is going to win, you know, because I feel like Utah State is going to put up some points. Um, I don't think we're just going to come out and shut them down, and we're going to have to create some turnovers. And I, I expect a, you know, I expect a really hard-fought battle. I think BYU is the better team if they come in and, and do what they're supposed to do. I think BYU comes out of this um, with a win. However, it, it's hard to play up in Logan, and their fans are crazy, and I, and I expect it to be a really good game. But uh, I feel like BYU should – should uh, come out with a win on this one 
Jordan, thank you very much for jumping on with us. As always, enjoy uh, the game on Friday and certainly all the college action this weekend. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you. There you go. That's our friend Jordan Pendleton, uh, former BYU linebacker, jumps on with us uh, each week here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up right around the corner, we'll continue Jazz Training Camp Sound. We'll let you hear from Jazz rookie Jared Butler. Stay tuned. It is the big show live from uh, the plaza out front of Vivint Arena getting ready for Frozen Fury. The Kings taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights here at Vivint Arena. Puck drops at 7 o'clock. Jazz rookie Jared Butler coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big show. Jake Scott with you here on the plaza out front of Vivint Arena, getting you ready for Frozen Fury. Going down tonight, the Kings taking on the Golden Knights. If you're a hockey fan, this is the place you need to be tonight, no doubt about it. want to remind you about our friends at Homey. Finally, the way real estate should be, full service, local agents, and you will save thousands. Homey, a better way to buy or sell. Uh, big thanks to Jordan Pendleton, the former BYU linebacker who jumped on with us in the last segment. Uh, stay tuned, you Aggie fans. Kevin White, uh, former Aggie quarterback and, of course, color analyst on the Utah State broadcast, is going to jump on the show uh, coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. So we'll get a little Aggie perspective on the rivalry game going down in Logan coming up tomorrow night, which which seems crazy. It's tomorrow night. In fact, uh, coming up tomorrow, the show is going to be in Logan. Looking forward to going up there. I haven't been to Logan for a while. We'll be at Murdoch GMC, 1955 South Main Street, right up there in Logan. So if you're listening up there, if you're going to the game, make sure you, uh, you stop by and see us. I'm sure we'll have jazz gear and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, to give away so that's coming up tomorrow getting you ready for BYU and Utah State of course a game you'll be able to hear right here on the Zone Sports Network uh, with our guy Scotty G on the call so stay tuned Kevin White is going to join the show coming up at the top of the five o'clock hour but right now uh, let's uh, keep things rolling with Jazz uh, availability down in Vegas we'll let you hear from Rudy Gobert coming up at uh, 4 30 but right now let's let you hear uh, well, in one second, we'll let you hear from Jazz rookie guard uh, Jared Butler. As uh, yeah, interested to see. Uh, certainly, that's one of the stories uh, we're interested to see uh, unfold in the preseason. Just uh, how Jared Butler plays, and uh, whether or not he can play his way into the rotation. We talked to David Locke uh, yesterday, and that was uh, one of the things Locke was looking uh, at: is who's going to be that final player that plays uh, his way into the Jazz rotation, and certainly Jared Butler is going to be a good uh, candidate for that. So with that in mind, let's now uh, hear from Jared Butler from Las Vegas. Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, Huge adjustment just because you're around different people. You know, um, people just don't know who you are. You know, it's just like, you know, being on a first date. It's like, I don't know you. You don't know me. You know what I mean? So that's kind of been the biggest adjustment for me. But um um, plan has been great and um, everything like that. Yeah, that's been really great because um, a lot of times we just look at people as just basketball players and um, just hanging out with guys like Rudy and Joe. Um, Don and seeing their actual personality, um, you get a new perspective. And um, yeah, it's been really cool to do that. 
Uh, especially for somebody like me who's um, kind of coming into a new scene, it's great to see who they really are. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I mean, for the most part, I think the personalities off the court match, match the, um, on the court. Like, JC is super himself, and he's super himself on the court. Um, you know, I, I think it, they match. You're obviously a lot younger than some of these guys. Has that been strange to kind of try to connect with, you know, a teammate that's, you know, a decade older than you? Yeah, for sure. Um, like Rudy Gay, he's, he's been in the league like seven, 16 years, 15 years, and I'm 21 years old. Um, and after practice, they go home to their kids. I go home to play video games. So it's been, it's been different, but it's, it is a little barrier. And then on top of that, I'm brand new, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's been – been a little hard what's it been like kind of getting adjusted to them on the court like obviously you know you're a higher level accomplished player yourself and won a national championship but now you know all of a sudden you're playing with all-star donovan mitchell you know all nba ruby gobert what's anything been kind of surprising as you learn what these guys are about on the court no um i think one thing about high level basketball is like once you get on the court you kind of speak the same language um as far as you know how the rhythm and the flow of the game goes. Um, but there's some little nuances that, you know, Mike and Donovan teach me a lot of times that I didn't know that was a part of the game. But um, as far as, like, overall general game, I think we speak the same language. Um, so, yeah, that's been, that's been really good for me to feel the same connection on the court. Son uh, told us the other day that the first time he met Coach Q, he was not at all what he was expecting. You know, he'd seen, like, kind of the – the laser eyes, you know, on TV and you'd seen him like screaming on the sideline and then he meets him and he's just like a totally different one than you expect. Just wondering kind of like what your early interactions have been like with Q and, and, and how he matches up to maybe what expectations you have before him. Yeah, I'm coming from Coach Drew who's like high energy, smiling, six shots of espresso. Um, and Coach Q, he's a lot more laser focused, like intense, like you know, going super in detail about one topic. And um, so it's two, two sides of the spectrum. But um, I like it. Um, he's, he's been super thorough and um, super locked in about what we're trying to do. And um, I, I like that a lot. When you're heading into a preseason with the Jazz, the, the team and Coach Q, they, they all have like their, you know, what they want to achieve and expectations they want to grow and get ready for you specifically going into this first preseason. There are things that you're looking at, like, this is what I want to accomplish by the end before the regular season starts. Well, me playing my first NBA game is going to be um, just a big adjustment, like how, how it's always been. So I want to get adjusted. I want to stay true to who I am, even if, when the game changes as far as from college to NBA. And um, that's one thing for sure I want to accomplish. Um, and then I think the next thing is I want to get a feel about how the life is outside of it. You know what I mean? I want to get acclimated to that, being able to adjust to the schedules and flying here and there, playing more than two games a week. Uh, I think those are the two things that I want to accomplish. Yeah, people, I mean, especially vets, when they're talking about rookies, they're like, that's, that's kind of the biggest adjustment is getting used to playing 82 games. Yeah compared to like 30 or so yeah um and that's what i'm saying i like how do you i, I think short-term memory is has got to be one of the assets you got to have you know what i mean so um trying to adjust to that is probably another goal all right any more questions for real we're gonna move to Zoom. okay looks like we have a question from ben anderson ben 
Uh, Jared, have you had any, a lot of, a lot of guys talk about kind of the welcome to the NBA moment where, you know, you see somebody who's bigger than you thought, or they block a shot that somebody couldn't block in college. Have you had any of those yet in the first days of practice? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Holding your own. Good Not job. Yet. Yep. Yep. It's coming. <laughs> there you go. That is Jared Butler, Jazz rookie. And, uh, yeah, there, there's an opportunity for him this preseason to, to go out there and, uh, and play and possibly carve himself out uh, a role in the rotation. I don't know exactly how likely that is because uh, the Jazz has a, a crowded roster with veterans who have experience and um, are certainly expected to make, a, make an impact. I mean, don't forget Eric Paschal has certainly had some nice moments uh, there with the Golden State Warriors and uh, will be hungry for playing time as well. But Jared Butler, of course, we know somebody that the Jazz didn't think that they would get as low as they did. That was the player that they had targeted, uh, obviously followed. Uh, he fell in the draft a little bit maybe because of some health concerns. And uh, the Jazz uh, uh, feel like they got a tremendous amount of value uh, with that pick there. So uh, there you go. That's the Jazz rookie from Vegas. His training camp continues on. Uh, coming up right around the corner, uh, we're going to let you. Uh, we're going to get you a market update uh, at the top of the four o'clock hour. Uh, Riley Nelson jumped on with Hanson Scotty uh, earlier today, so we'll let you hear from uh, the uh, the former BYU quarterback and current color analyst on the BYU broadcast. Riley Nelson at the top of the four o'clock hour. Rudy Gobert. We'll hear his media availability from Vegas at 4.30. And then Kevin White, former Utah State quarterback and, of course, color analyst for the Utah State broadcast, is going to jump on with us and uh, give us a little preview of tomorrow night's game in Logan. We're here uh, on the plaza out front. It's uh, a Vivint Arena. We're here for Frozen Fury. Tonight, the L.A. Kings take on the Las Vegas Golden Knights in NHL preseason action. And it's been so cool, a tradition of having an NHL game here uh, each and every year. If you've never uh, participated, if you've never come down and check it out, it uh, it is worth it. It is a lot of fun, and uh, you, you, you don't understand how fast these guys skate until you see it in person. You'll have that opportunity tonight here at, uh, at Vivint Arena. Coming up next, we've got a market update for you. Riley Nelson at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. It's the big show right here on 97.5. I was alone. I took a ride. I didn't know what I would find there. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from the plaza out front of Vivint Arena, getting you ready for Frozen Fury. NHL hockey is back in town tonight at the arena. Uh, puck drops coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. want to remind you, coming up tomorrow, it's a football Friday on the station. In fact, a game day, right? BYU-Utah State Friday night. Football Friday is presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes Yes to free exam and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment today. Uh, It is time uh, for a market update, which is brought to you by our friends at uh, TryDayTrading.com. Now, anyone can be a day trader. Uh, Visit TryDayTrading.com. Today, not a great day. Uh, The Dow Jones down today by 1.59%, 546 uh, points. S&P 500 down 52 points, uh, and the NASDAQ down 63 points. So rough day in the markets. Uh, there's your market update uh, brought to you by our friends 
at uh, TridayTrading.com. Uh, talk to me, uh, PK, a little bit about this earlier in the show, and we'll we'll continue the college football conversation coming up next. Let you hear a, com- uh, a conversation uh, Hans and Scotty had with Riley Nelson earlier today. But um, I was listening to DJ and PK this morning. Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, was on with them, and they talked a little bit about um, the, the remainder of the schedule for BYU. And it, it got me thinking, I mean, where are we at with this Cougar team as far as realistic expectations go for the rest of the year? Because you look at the schedule, and, and granted, it is certainly far from easy. But it is, is it uh, that far out of the realm to think that the Cougs uh, realistically could have a 10-win 10 uh, 10 year this year? And I know, uh, I'm sure the, the Coug faithful are, are yelling, Jake, why not undefeated? Well, I don't throw that around lightly, or, or lightly, excuse me. It is not easy to go undefeated in college football. It is not easy to have that perfect performance week in and week out. And there are certainly teams difficult enough on BYU schedule where I'd have a tough time predicting that they're going to go perfect the rest of the way. But with that said, if you look at BYU's schedule, you know, hearing, hearing Greg talk about it, and I, I joked with PK on this, you'd think the, the remainder of the schedule was the uh, the, uh, the NFC West. And while it's not easy, you know, you could make a really good argument that BYU is going to win each one of these games. Now, again, I don't think that that's going to happen, but would it be that far out of the realm for this Cougar team to be 10-2? and two? I don't think so. And if you look at it, I mean, Utah State, the game tomorrow night is going to be tough. Um, I am going, likely, going to pick BYU in that game. I think uh, I think they are the better team, and even though that's going to be a difficult environment to play in, uh, I, I think BYU, regardless of who gets to start a quarterback, is going to win. Just my gut feeling wouldn't surprise me if the Aggies uh, do pull out the victory, and uh, I'd be glad to admit that I'm wrong. But I think BYU is going to win that game. Tough, though. And then you... Then you've got uh, Boise State at home. We saw what Boise uh, did to Utah State uh, last week, and and Boise in two and two, right? A couple of close losses to some good teams. Boise's still good, but I mean BYU's record recently against the Broncos is pretty darn good. Uh, Baylor Romney beat them a couple of years ago, and so I I you know where I sit right now outside of Vivint Arena, I would pick BYU to win that game, but certainly not. Uh, uh, not a layup uh, at Baylor. I think is going to be the most difficult game left on BYU schedule. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor were favored in that game. They have a couple of nice wins. That's that's obviously a good team. So uh, you know we'll we'll make predictions as we get closer. But that is going to be really tough. Uh, then at Washington State, I'll say right now I think BYU is going to win that game. Probably win it easily. I don't think Washington State is very good. In fact, uh, obviously the the uh, Utah State beat Washington State in the first game of the year. Then you've got. Virginia visiting uh, on October the 30th. And uh, UVA, I think, has overachieved uh, under Bronco Mendenhall, but I don't think that this is Bronco's best team that he's going to be bringing to Provo. At this moment, I would pick BYU to win that game. Uh, Then Idaho State to open up November. Don't even need to get into depth on that one. That's a W. Uh, They have a bye, one of those November buys. And then uh, on November the 20th, they're at Georgia Southern. Uh, obviously, would see BYU win in that game. And then wrapping up the season on November 27th uh, at the Coliseum, taking on USC. I don't think we're going to see a USC team that has much to play for at that point. I mean, we just saw the Trojans get steamrolled by the Beavs last weekend. Not pretty. And uh, that's obviously a program that is not... Um, all pulling in the same direction. They're going to have a new coach uh, next year. And uh, at this point, I would pick BYU to win that game. So when you look at the rest of the schedule, where I, I think it's a good schedule, I think there are competitive games. There are certainly games BYU could lose. But you look at it that way, 
I don't think uh, having a 10-win year is out of the realm at all. I don't. Uh, in fact, I, you know, we have these conversations all the time. What is what is realistic to expect, and and you try to put you you know view it through the realism goggles. And and I don't think uh, ten and two is really that unrealistic. I'd be curious if there's a, a difference in opinion out there. And you feel free to to send a, a tweet at Jake Scott Zone. But you know, I'm I'm switching into that mode for this BYU team. And and speaking of our conversation with PK, he noted that he predicted BYU. To go eight and four, which I, I at the beginning of the year, based on what BYU lost, I would have said is a pretty generous prediction for the Cougars. Well, how about that? I mean, I think you can go ahead and move from eight and four, move that right up to ten and two, and what a what a special year that would be uh, for Kalani Sitake, that coaching staff in that program, to follow up a year like last year where there's so many people were doubting, you know, how good the team really was based on the schedule, and to follow it up with another good year. And, hey, I've argued a lot about how I was not going to uh, judge last year based on this year, and I'm not. I think the important is, the importance is the follow-up. You know, most college football teams can have a really good year, or a good year, I shouldn't say really good year. You know, one out of four. When you're full of uh, upperclassmen and players that have been in your program, a lot of teams, you know, you'll see uh, San Jose State or Nevada or Indiana. or I mean, any number of teams uh, come up every once in a while and have a good year because they've got the, the right mix and they've got those upperclassmen. But then will it disappear back into obscurity as soon as those players have left? What I think is significant if BYU is able to have a 10-win season this year is the fact that they lost so much from last year's team and still could plug in players that could perform at that level and follow it up against a schedule like this with a ten win, uh, a ten win season, I think would be would be absolutely remarkable. And uh, PK made the joke, you know, Kalani would get yet another extension uh, if that were to happen, and he would uh, certainly deserve that. So, what do you think? What are realistic expectations for BYU the rest of the way? Again, don't think it's realistic that they win them all. I wouldn't predict that they're going to win them all, but I certainly don't think a ten win season is unrealistic for this BYU football team. So if you've got any thoughts on that, feel free to send off a tweet at Jake Scott Zone. Coming up right around the corner, Hanson Scotty had a chance to talk to Riley Nelson. He is the color analyst uh, for BYU's uh, radio broadcast. Of course, a uh, former uh, BYU quarterback uh, himself. So we'll uh, we'll have a chance to hear what Riley had to say coming up right around the corner. Uh, we want to remind you about our friends at Sonic Drive-In. Uh, and the Sonic Grilled Cheeseburger, buttery Texas toast and 100% pure seasoned beef layered with American cheese. Make it a single or double for a limited time. Uh, order online or the Sonic app and save 50%. It's the Sonic Grilled Cheeseburger. Uh, it's the big show broadcasting live from the plaza out front of Vivint Arena getting ready for Frozen Fury. The Kings, the L.A. Kings taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights tonight here at Vivint Arena. Make sure and come check it out. They're going to also have some uh, other festivities kicking off here on the plaza coming up around 5 or 5.30 or so. So make sure you come down to the game a little earlier and uh, have fun out here on the plaza. You can grab some team gear and make sure and uh, take in an action-packed night of NHL hockey down here at Vivint Arena. Continue talk college football coming up next. Uh, We'll hear from Riley Nelson on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.